please open your inspired and preserved word of God to Psalm 62. Amen. My goal this morning is to encourage, exhort, and excite you with this fabulous psalm. This is a short psalm. It's only got 12 verses, but it can be broken down into five sections with five points that I will do my best to bring out for you. Please follow along with me as I read Psalm 62 to you. Truly, my soul waiteth upon God. From him cometh my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. How long will ye imagine mischief against a man? Ye shall be slain, all of you. As a bowing wall shall ye be, and as a tottering fence. They only consult to cast him down from his excellency. They delight in lies. They bless with their mouth, but they curse inwardly. Selah. My soul, wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times. Ye people, pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Selah. Surely men of low degree are vanity, and men of high degree are a lie. To be laid in the balance, they are altogether lighter than vanity. Trust not in oppression, and become not vain in robbery. If riches increase, set not your heart upon them. God hath spoken once, twice have I heard this, that power belongeth unto God. Also unto thee, O Lord, belongeth mercy, for thou renderest to every man according to his work. Amen. Amen. Let's jump right in. Verses 1 and 2 are the psalmist stating his current state of mind as he mentions his soul's resolution to trusting and waiting on the Lord. This should always be true of us. As God's children, we should always be waiting on the Lord, as he is the only one that can provide salvation. He may provide salvation in a variety of ways. But it would be ignorance to not see his almighty hand behind that salvation and that deliverance. Amen. Notice the word only in verse 2. Yes. We know that David was not a fatalist and that he did his reasonable best to handle the situations the Lord gave him. But see that David said only the Lord was his rock, salvation, and his defense. Yes. With this confidence and understanding, he states that nothing would greatly move him no matter what came his way. There's a transition to verses 2 and 3, excuse me, to 3 and 4 from verse 2. In these verses, the psalmist moves to speak about himself in the second and third person as he asks questions about the wicked. Why would the wicked desire evil upon the psalmist, he asked, and he refers to himself as a man in verse 3 and him and his excellency in verse 4. Well, this has been true since the beginning of time. Cain conspired and actually killed his own brother Abel because he was righteous. Yes. Wicked men desire mischief on the righteous and God-fearing. These wicked men have a sure end. As it says, they shall all be slain. And even before they are slain, at their very best, they are like a bowing wall and a tottering fence, showing their unstableness and weakness, which would soon fail. Yes. How do the wicked go about their evil plans? They delight in lies. Yes. They love hypocritical speech where they appear to be one thing, but inwardly they are cursing and they are full of dead men's bones, as Jesus said in Matthew 23. Right. 
the Selah at the end of verse 4 should cause us to stop and consider and how they could apply to us. We should not be surprised that the wicked, who cannot agree on most anything, will somehow all come together and consult on how they can yes. destroy the righteous. Yes. An angry mob could be divided after a couple of questions to point out their differences. But somehow, because there's a leader, who put, they put their differences aside, and they can come out attacking the righteous and those in authority. I would be remiss, though, if I did not ask about us. We can't focus on just the wicked here. Do you speak one thing in public? Do you bless authority in public, but inward are you cursing them? Solomon warns in Ecclesiastes, among many others, that this hypocritical speech is very wicked. So be warned. Moving on to the third section of this psalm, which contained verses 5 through 8, we have some glorious language about our God. Encourage and exhort yourself this morning. Yes. Right. Wait only upon God, yes. for that is where all our expectation should come from. Yes. Having expectation in anything else will only lead to disappointment. Exactly. Yes. Why not put your expectation on the only one who can never disappoint you? Right. Verse 6 is identical to verse 2, so we can move to verse 7. Oh, no, wait. I'm sorry. Our inspired words take out, our inspired word of God takes out a word here. And I want you to glory in this. Yes. Amen. Amen. In Psalm, in verse 2, it says, He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. Right. But in verse 6, he says, He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. Amen. So what changed here? The psalmist encouraged himself yes. in the Lord. Right. He thought about how his rock and salvation and defense is more than enough that no matter what happens, including being attacked by the wicked, as is mentioned in verses 3 and 4, nothing would move him from serving the Lord. Right. In verse 7, would it be considered redundant to say, in God, twice in a single sentence? Absolutely not. In God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Amen. Is this true of you? Where are you looking for a salvation and a refuge this morning? Right. It is a sin to look anywhere else. It is a sin to look on your own things and think you have abilities to save you. Yes. Our nation says, in God we trust. But do you trust in God like you should? Today, right now, commit to putting all your trust in the Lord as it states in the beginning of verse 8. Ye people, that is us this morning. Right. Pour out your heart before him. Yes, Confess your faults. Yes. Beg him for forgiveness. Amen. And yes, revive Lord. your soul this morning. Right. He is a refuge. Amen. He's a refuge for you. He's a refuge for you. Right. He's a refuge for me. Yes. Lord, thank you. We have another Selah at the end of verse 8. Brethren, we have the easiest access to a divine being that can be imagined. Right. We do not have to wait for certain times in the calendar. We don't have to have another man help us go to the Lord. The Lord does not operate on an 8 to 5, Monday through Friday schedule. You can approach him no matter where you are, no matter what time, the day or night. We've heard from others, I've heard from others that say, I feel very connected to a person after having a heart to heart. Why not pour out your heart to the one who created it Amen. and can help you with your troubles? Let's move to the fourth, the fourth section, verses 9 and 10. God has no respect of persons, and thinking that anyone on this earth is anything without the Lord is a mistake. From a natural perspective, what separates one of us from another? 
It's intelligence, our net worth, or the position that the Lord has allowed us to attain on earth. However, if you combine both low and high together, what do you get? Their combined value is less than nothing. Since that is the case, as you move into verse 10, there should be no temptation to get ahead by oppressing those around you or considering other ways to increase your wealth by stealing. If you robbed and oppressed your way to the new CEO of Apple or Amazon, you are still on the lighter side of nothing. The end of verse 10 is a very appropriate warning for all Christians in 2020. Yes. What is your heart set upon on this earth? If your expectation is riches that are vain and are susceptible to thieves and moths, then it will never allow you to fully pour out your soul to the Lord, and he will never become your complete expectation. There are many warnings in the Bible, especially by Solomon, who was very rich about not desiring to be rich and the trouble, and the trouble it can bring. Yes. He states that those desiring riches will fall, that riches make wings and fly away, and that ultimately a pursuit of riches will leave you unsatisfied. Lord, help us not to pursue riches. The last section of this psalm is verses 11 and 12. Let me read them again to you. God has spoken once, twice have I heard this, that power belongeth unto God. Also unto thee, O Lord, belongeth mercy, for thou renderest to every man according to his work. Verse 11 starts with some poetic language that God has spoken only once, yet what he said was so true that the psalmist heard it twice. Power belongeth unto God. Our God is omnipotent, which means he has unlimited power, and it is sometimes downplayed because our brains can't comprehend something so awesome that someone has the ability to do whatever they want, whenever they want, however they want. That should give us a little more confidence when we pray to him. In addition to his power, the 12th verse mentions mercy belongs to the Lord. In this verse, a particular part of his mercy is mentioned, and that is that our God renders to every man according to his own work. Yes, that is correct. How you treat others in your daily activities is a foreshadowing of how the Lord will treat you. Another meaning of this last phrase could be a reference back to verses 3 and 4. Those wicked men who sought the psalmist's destruction will instead be destroyed themselves. That is them receiving their own reward. That is a mercy from the Lord. Brethren, I went over a lot. In conclusion, I want you to remember five things this morning. Number one, we have a glorious rock, defense, and refuge that should be enough for our soul to forever wait on our God. Number two, the wicked will always be looking to destroy the righteous, and it should not surprise us when they band together and consult to do wickedly. Yes. Number three, pouring our soul out to the Lord and trusting in Him for our entire expectation should result in eliminating any potential thought of moving away from the Lord. Yes. Combined, all the men of the world are nothing, and therefore pursuing riches in an effort to make something of yourself is a wicked, vain, and wicked pursuit. Yes. Power and mercy belong unto the Lord and Him alone, Amen. and He will mercifully reward you by the way you treat others. Right. Right. The Lord bless us to consider these points. Amen. Amen.